We, as Doug said, we are in the third week of a series. Um, and so if you're first time here in the last month, uh, sorry, you have no idea what's going on. No, I'll try, I'll try to, I'll try to be clear, but, uh, also go online. The, there's videos of Dave and Alice, who were the other two parts of this series. Um, and this series has been about, uh, it is for freedom that we've been set free. That's the song that you just sang. So we've been exploring this, uh, uh, this concept, but also this chapter uh, five of Galatians, uh, if you if you uh, have recognized, I don't know if the other teachers have said it, but most of this content comes right out of chapter five of Galatians. We've been really focused on there. So if you have a Bible, you might want to turn there already um, and get ready. Um, if you have a Bible, you might also want to put another finger in Romans, like all of it, because we're going to be talking about some of that today. Uh, I I really want to feel uh, right. To feel stable, to feel whole, and not just feel, I want to be those things. I want to be stable and whole and right and not pushed around by fads. And I think this is something that you want too. Like really, really deep down, I think this is something that you are after, that you desire. To feel, to feel fundamentally deep down whole and stable and right. Not pulled around and not like standing in some line, just wishing you could poke somebody straight in the eyeballs, right? Just to be, no, I'm not like that. I'm, I'm outside of that. I'm above that. And the Bible has a lot to say about that, 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 that being right. Most of the time, though, when it talks about that, it's talking about God. God is one. Hero Israel, the Lord your God, the, the Lord is one. He's one God. He's unified. He's whole. He's stable. He's, God is unchanging. God is different. He's holy. He's separate from everything. God is love. God is righteous. And that's one of the words that, that we're going to explore. Righteous. The righteousness of God. The righteousness that, that it means the always doing the right thing. Always being right. But, but we want that. We desire that. We wish we could have that. It's something really far down in us that's just always looking for that. And that is something that mankind has wanted and desired and been after for all of history, for all of time. Just look back at, at, at mankind's struggle. As expressed through philosophy, as expressed through song, as expressed through writing, as expressed through poetry and opera, as expressed through art. We're just, we're just trying to figure out this idea of how can we be more stable? How can we be more right? How can we be more whole and the way we're supposed to be? And through all, all of that time, all of time of, all of history that man has been struggling with this, trying to figure it out, we've really only come up with two ways of thinking about it. There's two ways that I can be right. One way is by saying there is no right. There, there isn't right. If I could just take that off the table, then I would have to not worry so much about being it, right? If I can convince my mind that there isn't right, now I can relieve my soul of the feeling of wanting it. There isn't right. There is just convention. There is just, there is just politicians saying that this is the right way. There's just your mom who, who because she wanted to control you, told you what was right. But there wasn't really right. It was just what she wanted. It was what she wanted, how she wanted to control me. Or there's just convention that is interpersonal convention. Or there's just this survival of the species. Like we shouldn't kill each other because 
then we won't survive. So we, we call that right. But it isn't really right. It's just a convention that we've all made. If I can convince myself, if I can convince you that there isn't right, then I can sort of relieve this pressure. Here's the deal, though. The pressure has never been relieved that way. The pressure is not, no one has ever felt like, okay, I got it, I made it, I'm, I'm right, I feel it, I'm whole, I'm stable. No one's gotten there this way. There's a whole other way that we've tried, and that is to say, I know what is right, and it is this container, it is, it is, it is owned by this document, this set of rules. I know what is right, and I can tell you what is right, and if we all do those things, if we all check off these boxes, then we will become right because we will have followed the rules. And so for all of history, there's been these systems that have been developed. Now, right, I'm using code word, right? If you're seeing right through it, the system of rules and regulations and laws is called a religion. But we, we develop a religion. We say we know what is right. What is right is, is defined by this text. It is contained in this document. And if we all follow those rules, those regulations, then we will become right. Right? But, let me tell you, this is the surprise. It hasn't worked either. It hasn't worked. Nobody... Nobody has gotten to a point where they feel what they're trying to get at, where, where your soul is like stable, where your soul is saying, I have gotten there. I have found it. I am now righteous. I am now whole. I am now holy. I am now pure. I am now solid. I am one. Religion has not been able to do that, to make that happen. Now, wait, I feel like there could be some tension in the room. <laughs> Kurt? We came to church today, not for you to tell us that religion doesn't work. Did you really just do that? Did you really just say religion doesn't work? Here's what I did. I did just say that creating a system of laws and behaviors intended to make people right or righteous does not produce that effect. I did just say that. Guess who else said that? The Apostle Paul said that. Romans chapter 9 verse 31. But the people of Israel who pursued the law as a way of righteousness have not attained their goal. This is Paul talking about the religion that he dedicated his entire life to. The people of Israel who have pursued the law as a way of righteousness have not attained their goal. It didn't make them righteous. It didn't make them right. It didn't make them whole. It didn't make them stable. Whoa. We've got a problem. We've got a real big problem. Because the God that I actually believe in, the God that I think made those rules, the God that I think exists and told us, here's how you should behave in Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. That God, I'm saying, Paul is saying, by following those rules that that God made, they did not attain their goal. Whoa, we have a problem. So, just to relieve your tension, I'm going to move on to my third next point. And then we're going to come back and we're going to visit that thing a little bit more. But I want to just relieve some tension in the room and say, there's another way. There's a third way. This third way has eluded mankind for all of history. And a couple of thousand years ago, Jesus came and he said, here it is. Here's another way. Here's a different way of thinking, a completely different way of thinking about it. It's a third way of doing it. Now, we have had a 
we have had, uh, I was going to say a devil of a time. Then I thought I shouldn't say that. And then I thought I actually should. We've had a devil of time of a time getting it, hanging on to it. But let me tell you, here's the third way. This is what Jesus said. Accept it. Take it. That thing that you want so badly, that thing that's been sort of underneath society for all of time where we just really want to be right, accept it. Take it. I'm handing you righteousness. I can impart that on to you. Here you go. Take it. Take a breath. Stop chasing. Stop running around. And accept the righteousness that I am handing you. Okay, so we are in this, we are in this series where we're trying to unpack that kind of an idea. What is this third way? What is this different way? And we go to Galatians chapter five and we're going to try to find it in there. So I'm, I'm going back to Galatians chapter five and I'm reading it, these verses that I've read a whole bunch of times, verses that I've taught a few times. And I, and I get to this verse in the middle of in the middle of, we're going to get there, but in the middle of Paul just screaming at people, he is so furious. He says this one verse that was like this breath of fresh air to me. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. It really just got me. It really got me strong because I was thinking through this idea like for all of time we've been, what is underneath all of this struggle? We want righteousness. We want to be right. And here's this verse that just says, just take a breath, people. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. I'm handing it to you. I'm giving it to you. To me, it was just like this wave of like, oh my heavens, there it is. This thing was available to me all the time. And yet I've spent so much energy chasing it and trying to get it and trying to earn it. So let's look at this chapter five of Galatians. Let's back up a little bit. Uh, you would think as a teaching team, we might be, uh, I would know a lot more about what Alice and uh, Dave said. I read their scripts. I just can't remember. So I'm going to cover some things uh, that maybe they covered. And if they did, great, you get to hear it twice. Here's what's going on in this uh, chapter. Paul walks into the city of Galatia and he teaches and he starts a church. And what he says to them is, guys, guys. We've been doing it all wrong. Jesus came along and he taught us this new way, a totally different way of thinking about it. Here's what Jesus said. It's truly amazing. He, Jesus said, you know, Genesis, uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy, you know the law, you know the Pentateuch? Well, guess what? It all can be summarized in two laws. Love God and love your neighbor. Guess what? It is all fulfilled, fulfilled by me, by my sacrifice, by my bringing you this. Guess what? That law all hangs on these two things. Guess what, Paul said? The only thing that counts. This would sound heretical, but I'm quoting Paul. The only thing that counts is love. It's faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Radical. Totally different. Mind-bending. Paul te- teaches the Galatians this and they believe him and they come, they come to faith. 
And they follow him. And then he has to move on. He goes to another town. And then in behind, in that vacuum, when Paul leaves, comes these other people, which Paul calls the Judaizers. It's a funny word, the Judaizers. But here's the idea. It's people who came in and said, okay, Paul's a great guy. Paul's a smart guy. But here's the deal. You, got, you take grace. You take what Jesus said. But you can't throw away the law. You can't throw away Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Listen. That was God speaking to us. A real God. The actual God. The God that Paul still believes in. You can't possibly tell me that we're going to dump that. Right? Right? It's uncomfortable, isn't it? To say these things. This, this was the Judaizers' message was, you have to have that stuff and Jesus' message. Both. And Paul goes, crazy. Paul is livid. Paul is uh, really unhappy. He said, no, you don't do it that way. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So, I'm going to let that sink in a little bit. You know, my way of thinking, I just, my mind needs to ponder some things. So I'm going to let you ponder that for a little bit more. While, while you ponder, I'm going to give you some new things to think about. We're going to go back to this uh, other idea. Why is religion not worked? Why is it that Paul could get so upset about this stuff? Why is it that following a system of rules has not worked? I just did a lot of thinking about that and, and, and a lot of reading about that. Here's some things that I think about that. One is, every religion works in this same way. You guys, start these little kids, these little kids, teach them the rules and say, if you do these rules, then your life is going to work out right. You're going to become righteous. Or you pick a new convert. Someone comes into here today and says, I think you guys have the right answer. I think you guys know what right is. Start telling them what the rules are and start getting them to do them and hook them up with a mentor or hook them up with a coach or hook them up with a priest or a pastor and, 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 and get them to come along. What happens? What's the first thing that happens? If you're a new convert to a system like that, your mind starts thinking a, a lot about yourself. Your mind starts pondering yourself a whole lot. Let, let me tell you some of the questions that are going through. Am I doing it right? Am I doing enough? Does this count? Does that count? Did I just sin? If I did just sin, how do I get back across the line? How do I unsin? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it as good as he is? Am I doing it as good as she is? Am I doing it as good as the person wants me to? My coach, my mentor, my pastor? Am I doing it as good as God wants me? Am I doing it good enough to get by? What are all those thoughts? All those thoughts are about me, 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 me. And what happens when you start thinking like that? Am I doing enough? Am I doing it right? Am I following the law? What happens? The, the, the Spirit of God, who we're going to be talking a lot more about in a second, the Spirit of God is pushed out by your focus on yourself. You're not thinking about what the Spirit wants. You're thinking about, am I doing it right? Am I doing it good enough? Am I doing enough? So immediately when you start following a system of religion, you start obsessing about yourself because you're obsessing about, am I doing enough for this religion? The second thing that happens is, you immediately start focusing on the text. Your mind becomes consumed by the text. What does the text say? What does the text mean? Does it mean this or does it mean that? Where is the line? What actions count to fulfill that law? What actions don't count to fulfill that law? 
I broke a rule, I think. What, do I, what is the rule for how I unbreak rules? How do I get back on the right side? Uh, um, uh, what are they doing differently than me? And how are, are they on the wrong side of the text or am I on the wrong side of the text? The mind starts obsessing about the text. Guys, I know this from personal experience. I, I respect, I love, I read, I, uh, uh, I want to know about the text. And I know exactly what can happen in our minds as we start obsessing about what the text means. Now, this again, there's, some, there's something backwards about this, that it just sounds wrong. It just sounds like, Kurt, you're just telling me not to focus on the Bible? Are you serious? Now I'm saying, I'm saying that when we start obsessing about the text and, and using it as our standard for exactly telling us what's right and wrong, that, that it doesn't produce the effect we're looking for. When I was, when I was young, my dad came to me, I was in junior high school, my dad came to me and he said, Kurt, we have to have a talk. <laughs> no, we don't, dad. That's never a good sign. Kurt, we need to have a talk about the fivefold purpose of the law. That's the kind of house I grew up in. Really weird. The fivefold purpose of the law, the Old Testament law, and he starts telling me these things that, you know, it was actually more important than that, I remember. But I do remember, like I'm almost asleep when he gets to point number five. Point number five, the purpose of the law is to get you to sin more. What? Dad, what? You know, I don't have any idea what you just were saying, but I do know that you just said the purpose of the law is to get me to sin more. That makes no sense at all. Besides that, I'm in junior high school. The last thing I need is to sin more, right? Or to have anything help me, convince me. Dad, that doesn't make sense. But it does make sense. It does make sense. And this is what Paul is talking about too. It does make sense. When you start focusing on the command, your mind is actually thinking about the wrong thing. When when you're focusing on, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to do that. You're obsessing about this thing. You're in the wrong space. You should instead be thinking about what is the spirit telling me in this moment that I should be doing? What should I be accomplishing? Now, this is a weird uh, um, example that only a few of you will relate to maybe. But when you're on a golf course and you're in the fairway and there's a green on the other side of a pond, what does every single person give you the advice of? Don't think about the pond. Don't think about the pond. If you, the more you think about the pond, the more likely your ball is going to be in there a minute from now. Think about the green. That's what I'm saying. Guys, don't think about the pond. When your mind gets so obsessed with this text, that's what your mind is thinking about. These things that are saying, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Oh, I'm not, what? I'm not supposed to, oh, that's awesome. Now, again, some of you are sitting out there like, Kurt, you are way down the wrong road. Prove this to me. Let's go to Romans. Paul, Romans chapter 7. Verse 5, for when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work. Tell me that Paul isn't thinking along these lines. The sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us so that we bore the fruit of death. Sinful passions aroused by the law. What are you talking about? So Paul gives us an example. Chapter uh, 7, verse 7. For I would have not known what coveting really was if the law had said, you shall not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. Those, those words are incredible. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. 
focusing on the law as he did day and night. It produced in him a desire to do that thing that the law was saying, don't do. And then he goes on. For once I was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. And he repeats himself, sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me. And through the commandment brought a new death. Amazing set of words. You guys, you've got to go, uh, if you're really interested, <laughs> which I hope you are, you've got to go back and read with this mindset, read Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 3, Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 9. I mean, that this is the idea that he is trying to unpack. When you try to get righteous by following the law, it just leads you down into this path. And he, said, and he concludes that righteousness is out, actually outside of that. Righteousness is through the Spirit. And the Spirit has to do this job of like pushing that stuff out. Pushing your obsession with yourself out. Uh, so I'm going to review. Because I've said a lot of things. Here we go. We're going to start back. You and I and all of mankind desire, yearn for, have deep down inside of us this idea that we want to be right, that we want to be whole, that we want to be pure. The Spirit is standing there saying, I've got what you're looking for. Do you want it? And we say, no, 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 no. I'm going to do it this other way. Right? We, Our brains have been trained. There's only two ways to achieve it. We can either say there is no right or what we do is we say, no, there's a system and I'm going to follow that system and I'm going to follow these rules and those rules are going to make me right. And Paul says, that's not going to work. Now, I'm going to take you even one step down, farther down this road because there's not a one of you, well, maybe there's one, but I doubt it. There's not a one of you who's going to leave this room and say, guess what I, my plan is for my life. I'm going to follow Leviticus, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy purely. I'm going to go follow all of those rules exactly as they're written. You know, if it says to stone somebody, if they touched a dead cow, I'm going to do it. I don't know if it says that, but it probably does. Uh, no one is going to do that, right? None of us are in that. But here's where we are. All of us, me included, here's where we are. We're going to take those laws and we're going to take grace and we're going to try to produce a new a system that does both of those together. We're going to not take the third way purely. We're going to take the third way mixed together with the second way. We're going to try to follow laws in order to become righteous, even though we know in our head that, that we obtain salvation through grace. Another lesson my dad told me that that's like blew my mind one time was he said, Kurt, you believe that it's by grace you've been saved. But what you don't believe is that it's been by grace that you've been sanctified, that it's by grace that you've been made right, that it's by grace that you will continue to be who you're supposed to be. That's the part you don't believe because you try to earn it. You try to be good and try to get there. You're not going to do it. And this, this mixture is exactly what Paul was just furious about in chapter 5 of Galatians. So now we're back to chapter 5. Look at how mad Paul is. And what's he mad about? He's mad because they're trying to do a mixed system. Galatians chapter 5, verse 2. Mark my words, exclamation point. The, the reason it's an exclamation point there is because the translators understood through the tenses of the Greek verb that, that Paul was furious. We have to, we have to write these as, as making sure we understand Paul is not happy. Mark my words. And then, if it wasn't clear enough, he does a thing that like all moms and dads do. I, Paul, like, your mom is telling you, right? I, Paul, tell you 
That if you let yourselves become circumcised, code word for follow the law. Do exactly what Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy are telling you to do, which is what the Judaizers were in there saying. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves become circumcised, if you try to blend the two systems, if you try to get righteous by following the law, listen to how strong he is. Christ is of no value to you at all. No value. None. Wow. If you let yourself become circumcised, if you let yourself get start chasing these rules as a way to become righteous, that's fine. But Christ is of no value to you at all. <laughs> Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he's obligated to obey the whole law. So Paul runs off on this and says, all right, if you want to do it that way, that's okay too. But make sure you do it that way all the way, every time. Never break a rule. If you're going to do that, cool. But if you're not, you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. Alienated from Christ. And you have fallen away from grace. Those are strong words, people. He is, he is riled up. He is upset. And what's he riled up? And what's he upset about? That they were trying to do both. That they were trying to use the commands in order to obtain righteousness. Alright, now, if I were you, at this point, I'd be, say, I'd be like, okay, now you've told me what not to do. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to leave here? How am I supposed to think? How am I supposed to interact on a, on a daily basis with a rule that says, don't follow the rules? <laughs> It makes no sense. Hopefully, uh, Dave and Alice have helped with some of that. Um, uh, and I know for sure Alice has talked about um, the dangers of if we get up here and say, don't follow the rules, everyone's mind goes to, oh, everyone's just going to go crazy and start breaking every rule. No, calm down. So I'm going to just, in closing, talk about, oh, what are you supposed to do as you leave here with, the, with a new command that says, don't follow the commands? Well, Paul, in Galatians chapter 5, says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Now, that's not enough for me either. What in the world does it look like to walk by the Spirit? So, I, I want to tell you three things that I think it looks like to walk by the Spirit. But I was thinking this morning, uh, beyond those three things, it also just looks like walking by the Spirit. <laughs> I was, this morning as I was kind of coming here, I was like, wait, it's simpler than I'm making it sound. How about if you just try to walk by the Spirit? Listen to Him. Be with Him. Understand what He's thinking about. But that was just my new addition. Here's what's actually in my notes. Three things. Uh, one is, listen, stop obsessing about yourself. This is, this is super hard to do. Stop obsessing about yourself. Here's what's in your mind most of the time. Things about how you feel you've been hurt. Things about how you feel you've been wounded. Things about how you feel you're doing. Or things that I was talking about earlier. Am I doing it good enough? Am I doing it right? Am I blah, 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 blah. Stop it. Stop obsessing about yourself. Start obsessing about what the Spirit is obsessing about. 
That's a really interesting thing to think about. What is the Spirit of God obsessing about? In your world, in your life, what's he thinking about? And let me just give you a clue. It's rarely you. (laughs) You're fine. You're good. There are people everywhere around you who aren't fine, who are hurting, who have needs. You're fine. You and God, you're tight. You're good. There are times where you're not going to be fine. And believe me, the spirit, I'm not saying the spirit doesn't love you or care about you. Of course I'm not saying that. This, but he's, he's like, dude, you're, you've thought way too many thoughts about that. Look up. Okay? Number two. Stop obsessing about the text. Now, this is a dangerous thing for a teacher to say. Find the spirit. Find the lesson. I'll tell you what. I absolutely a thousand percent believe the spirit is in and around the text. I, I think you should be thinking about the text. I'm not saying that. I'm saying stop obsessing about the text. And is, does it say this? Does it say that? A lot of times, a huge number of times, the text is way easier than you think it is. When it says... Hey, if you have two coats and someone around you doesn't have a coat, give one of them, give one of your coats to them. Well, let's see, what does that mean? What's a coat? I mean, a sport coat, a raincoat, a winter coat? I don't know. What does it mean to get, stop it! Look up! Give a coat away! Okay? Look for needs, look for problems, look for things that need to be solved and solve them. You guys, some of us, I'm, I'm, I'm so passionate because I'm in this club. Some of us get really obsessed about what the text means and says and all the nitty gritty. And, and so much, so many times we're just like this. Look up and do something about it. This is a, this is a, this is a terrible thing to say, but I think, I, I'm pretty sure I know enough scripture right now to, to fulfill the rest of my life in, in, in knowing what I should do. I really, I really think that I know enough scripture that I could, I could, I am, I'm so far from what I already know. I have a lot of work to do. I could look up and, and go out and do. Now I'm not gonna, I'm gonna keep reading, believe me, but do you get what I'm saying? Stop it. That, that, that message, by the way, is really, uh, is really like, if I'm gonna stereotype, there's the college age men stereotype. Like they, they've gotta look up every now and then. And go out and do something. Okay. There it is. Align yourself with the values of the Spirit. The values of the Spirit are expressed in that chapter. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Those values, those things that the Spirit values. If you are thinking about what those are in every situation, believe me, you are going to do the thing that's right. It's exactly what Paul is saying. Those things are going to lead you to the right behaviors. You don't have to start with a list of what are the right behaviors and do the, start with what is love? What is forbearance? What is peace in this situation? And that's going to lead you over and over to outside of yourself. It's going to lead you over and over to feel like you are loved and valued. It's going to lead you over and over to focus on other people and their needs. It's going to lead you over and over to stop being a navel gazer and looking up and figuring out what's going on in your world. It's going to lead you over and over to understanding that there's just two things. Love God. Love my neighbor. Do those things excellently. It's going to lead you over and over to the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. All right. I got a lot more to say. Uh, I'm going to pray, and I hope, I 
hope the Spirit that you're walking by takes something of those words and, and, and manifests it and helps you. Heavenly Father. Man, this is, this can be so hard for our minds sometimes. Centuries of mankind saying, there's only two ways. There's only saying there isn't right or doing religion. And our minds get into that pattern. We get into that focus. We, we earnestly, we earnestly, we out of, we out of pure motives want to do the right things to make you love us. It's so counterintuitive to think that actually can lead us away from you. Lead us into ourselves. Lead us into over-analytical thinking. Lord, bring us back into your light, back into your spirit. Teach us to walk by the spirit. Walk alongside of, focus on, talk with. Teach us that despite what maybe uh, our, our moms told us, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. I pray that this can be a time of worship and a time of focusing on you. Amen.